Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Uh, David Staples, Call to Hockey, and Oilers Hall of Famer Glenn Anderson, who's in for his annual Cross Cancer Institute golf tournament, which he's done for 30-plus years. Without further ado, we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you doing? Terrific, Bob. How are you doing? Good, good, good. I, I saw something on your Twitter account, and sometimes you cross... You have two different Twitter accounts, is that right? Correct. One for politics and one for sports. And do you, and you ever merge the two? Well, sometimes I think the, the, there might be a comment, a sports comment that the political crowd might be interested in and vice versa. So, yes, I do. Okay. We occasionally dwell into that area here. It's an interesting time, to say the least. I actually had somebody accuse me of being a lefty on yesterday's show, and I am thinking... <laughs> I try, try to be fairly centrist, uh, but I was surprised to hear that an individual thought I was uh, significantly left-leaning. That was, you know, I'm not a fan of socialism, I can tell you that. All right, uh, let's get to it. Uh, here we go. The Edmonton Oilers, you put something out on Twitter, uh, sort of working off a piece put out, I believe, by Dmitry Filipovich, who's uh, one of the better analytics types out there. Just an incredible compilation of Connor McDavid plays against Calgary. Yeah, I just, it was, you know, it was funny, Bob, because after the Oilers lost to the Avs, I had, been, I, had, I had predicted the Oilers were going to beat the Avs and win the Cup. So on it, I, I was feeling a little bit, like, stupid. Like, you know, they, the, the Avs just walked over them, right? It wasn't, wasn't that close, really. And, and I thought, how could I get that so wrong? And part of it was I, I hadn't watched enough of the Avs, and I underestimated McCarr. So, so there's that. But um, seeing this clip of Connor McDavid against the Flames made me realize, no, I actually wasn't that far off. Um, and maybe if dry saddle and nurse had been healthy, things would have been different. But this clip that Dimitri put together, it's of, uh, you know, about 25 plays that McDavid did against the Flames. And Bob, it is just, it is, it, for an Oilers fan, it's like heaven on earth it's watching sta- this clip. It's staggering when you watch <laughs> it's, it's, Isn't it? It's like you, you need welder's glasses. You're going to go blind because it's like staring at the sun. It's so brilliant. It, it is it, his again and again and again. He makes plays that are mind blowing. And during the during that uh, series, we were all saying, "Well, Connor McDavid's reached the new level. He's gone supernova." But just seeing it condensed like that, all of his best plays in one spot. Um, if you're if you haven't seen the clip, you can go to my feed, or I'm sure it's on many feeds uh, on Twitter at D Staples, and you'll find it. 
and it'll just put a smile on your face that'll last all day because that guy and how and it's even more remarkable in some ways that the abs were able to slow him down um but they had a pairing it wasn't just yes, McCarr. It, wasn't just, it was caves and yeah everybody yeah. made a big deal about the the one-on-one play where McCall oh, look at that it's over McCarr's the guy that, look the guy that's got the puck that's trying to beat the defender it, it's harder on that guy than it is on the defender. McCarr is a terrific player. Colorado had an infinitely deeper team this year, this past season, than Edmonton. They've already lost some of that depth off that team, and we'll see if Kadri ultimately ends up with the Islanders because it's a different team if they don't have Burakovsky and Kadri. Uh, you know, that's it's, it's as simple as that. By the way, do they have Darcy Kemper anymore? No, they don't. He, who was their goaltender? And I know he wasn't. The bottom line was the the, the Avalanche had a better team, a deeper team than Edmonton. The goaltending turned out to be that, you know, the Avalanche ended up with better goaltending in the series. The Oilers, top two of their top three players weren't at 100%. It's this simple. Colorado was just better this past yeah. year. Doesn't mean that's yeah. going to be the case in a couple of years from now, but right in this past, they were better. But there's no question what Connor did against Cal. And then Leon getting 17 points in five games. Scary when you think about it. Yeah, I think Colorado took what you notice in the Flames games is so many of McDavid's best plays start in the neutral zone with him picking up some speed. And the Avs, I think, did were just much more fanatical, dedicated, and able because of the uh, higher skill level, higher skating level of their forwards to get on McDavid in that key moment. You know, just make him slow. They slowed him down a bit, and that then helped McCarr and Taves, who are brilliant uh, players in their own right. You know, they'd be together on Team Canada. They'd be the top pairing probably. So it's not like they are good, but there was a lot going on with Colorado. Nonetheless, I felt a little less stupid seeing Connor McDavid and it, about my optimism because Bobby, and you've seen the clip. It's just, it, just everyone go watch it right now. It'll just, it'll make your day. Uh, Kevin has texted the show to say, Bob, can you dedicate half an hour each week to roast the left-wing lunatics out there? Or to roast <laughs> left-wingers? You want me to take a shot at Evander King because he's a left-wing? Is, is that what you mean? Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, yes, a pull uh two-year deal with Evan. Uh, sorry, one-year deal at $3 million. Uh, Yamamoto, two-year deal at $3.1 million. Where would you line up pull this year? Well, personally, I, I, I think... Um, McDavid and Pugliarvi and Kane would be a great line. I think they did well together. And uh, McDavid and Pugliarvi, I don't know like how keen they are to play together, you know, that old question, but I do know the results they get on the ice in terms of goals for and against last year were spectacular. Don't have the numbers at my fingertips, but they were off the charts good. I, I just think with Kane and McDavid, you know, you have this incredible finisher now in Patrick Kane. So, Pulley Yarvey does not have Sorry, to do that job. Sorry, did you say Patrick Kane? Ron Kane, Evander Kane. And you have this incredible finisher well, in, in Evander be, Kane. You might be able to say Patrick uh, Kane. Maybe, maybe we'll in see, February, March. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. And you have this guy who needs, who's just the best player with the puck that we've ever seen is in Connor McDavid. So I think a third wheel on that line who doesn't really need the puck, who will give up the puck very unselfishly, four checks like crazy, goes to the net and defends okay. 
that's not a bad fit on that line. You know, and a six foot four, uh, 210 pounds and flies like crazy out there. Like it it works for me. And I think uh, the numbers very, you know, every number that you can find says that really works. So that's where I would put him is, is is with those two players. I just think there's real chemistry. Now it's all dependent on Puliarvi not losing his confidence, being healthy and fit because it didn't work in the playoffs. That line didn't work. And um, Puliarvi and McDavid didn't work because yes, it was something was wrong. He was uh, throwing away the puck too much and it didn't work. But if, if you can, if you can just pick it up a bit, I think it can work. We're joined right now by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, Bob Stoffer with you on uh, Oilers. Now, I think we're going to see Ryan McLeod as a third-line center. Ken Holland on Monday's edition of Oilers now said, look, he's going to be a training camp. We're going to get a deal done either one or two years, which I, I, I'm sure relieves a lot of people. David, do the Oilers have to be capped? Like, like oh, they got to make a trade right away here, or do people need to remember? We have two months, two months until the start of the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, there's been an interesting idea floated in, in recent days about the Oilers going with 21 or 20 players, and if they go with 20 players at the start of the year, um, you can be under the cap. You don't have to move anybody. Like, you, you have this kind of... Now, that's a really difficult situation, but, you know, Bob, it's funny. You have players, they all want more ice time, and let's say worst comes to worst and you had to go a game and you were down a player or two players. Could the Oilers do that? I mean, depending if they're defensemen or not, they, it would be a challenge. Nonetheless, in the modern NHL, we might start to see this more and more where teams decide, you know, the cap is what it is. I want to get as many top players on my team as possible. That takes a lot of money. So we're going to go with 20 players. We're not going to go with this 23-man roster. And it's going to change things a little bit. It might mean that we're in an emergency situation uh, now and then for a game. But uh, that's the risk we'll take. And in, in exchange for that, we will have a team that has which is incredibly stacked. I mean, if anyone had said a, two years ago, we're going to have a team with, you know, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Tyson Berry, uh, uh, a, a decent goalie, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins re-signed, Darnell Nurse re-signed, McDavid and Drysaddle. It's an embarrassment. It's not, it's, it's not quite an embarrassment of riches. I wish it was that good, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team rich in talent. And if the price is going with 20 players, go for it. Is it a top eight team in your opinion? Well, they were top four in the playoffs. They made the final four. Um, I don't think that was a mistake. I don't think it was by fluke. And it happened actually with dry settlers being injured. Uh, so, you know, the Flames have taken a step back. and uh, Well, we'll and see. We'll see. Until... I think they have. Just in terms of chemistry, don't you think? Like, hockey is a team game and a chemistry game. What happens game if they get Cowdery? So is that a... Uh, I don't know if that's a realistic possibility. And that's, and that's perhaps. I mean, maybe it's already done with the Islanders. I, I would think that yeah. Colorado and the Islanders would be your two best bets. I know Cadre's turned down a trade there before. I know that. I'm just saying until he, like, I'm hoping he ends up with the Islanders. That's. I'm going to leave it at that. That is the perfect place for him, for me, and if you're an Oilers fan, because it means he's not in the West. Because well, he's I, a pretty useful a- player. To answer your question, I see them as a top four team. I, I, I think that um, that's where they ended up at the end of the regular season. They earned it. Um, they did it despite having major injuries. They have a young team still in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, they have a, a veteran core group that's right in their prime, but they also have a lot of younger veteran players who are who are getting better. And um, the I just see that this is a sweet spot for the Oilers. This is, I think, this is a team that's going to be in the top four. 
this year in this in the regular season standings. They have McDavid and Drysaddle. They're two of the world's best players. You've talked about Hyman and Kane retaining Nugent Hopkins, and now you know, and and they've got lots of prospects coming. You know, I, I mentioned the stat yesterday of the top twelve teams in the league. LA finished twelfth, by the way, last year. Edmonton was eleventh. Uh, only two of those top twelve teams have a first rounder from the 2019, 2020, 21, and 22 years. Minnesota and Edmonton, and everybody expects Minnesota. Dean Evison's a real good coach. Bill Guerin's a very proactive general manager, but now they pay the price this year for buying out Parise and Suter. I don't know if Minnesota's going to be able to replicate what they did last year. They had a great year. Um, the Oilers, meanwhile, you know they they've got their horsepower and. And they're probably better on paper, so that's going to be. So they've they've got prospects coming, David. One of the areas that they've got another set of prospects coming. They're not all first rounders. One of them's a a third rounder. One, uh, two of them are third rounders, and one of them's a seventh rounder. But they've got some young big trees coming on the back end. Where do you see Samarukov, Nimalainen, and Deharnay? So this is a, a tricky problem for the Oilers. So my understanding is Nima Linen and DeHarnay. Um, Nima Linen already played in the NHL, and DeHarnay was one of the best defensemen. You know, he was a shutdown D-man who had a huge plus-minus in the AHL last year. And uh, but they can both be sent back to the AHL. Um, they don't have to go through waivers. They don't. Uh, other teams can't claim them. Samarukov uh, can be claimed by another team. So the Oilers are in a position where if they go with 20 players and they don't have an extra defenseman on the roster um, and they send down Samarukov, he could be claimed by another team. So sometimes players, good players, aren't claimed. Like, you know, William Loggison's not a bad player, but I don't think he's quite in Samarukov's class as a prospect. So the Oilers are in a tough spot with Samarukov, who, who, as I understand it, got better in Bakersfield as the year went on. Um, he, he recovered from injury and started to play better and better and uh, solid shutdown defense. He's a big, rugged player who can move the puck so this is a it's a real conundrum for the Oilers it would be a a temptation to go with 21 players but if the salary cap concerns are what they are and they can't make another move it might mean this this might be the price that the Oilers pay for having so many great signings this summer is they will lose they'll risk losing Samarukov in the waiver draft and they won't have a choice about it yeah well yeah if he goes to waivers all right uh one more for you okay and we've received a lot of texts over the last couple of days about Kessel and uh, Subban. We talked briefly with Ken Holland about how you know Edmonton's maybe a more attractive place now, even than three years ago when Ken first came here, because the Oilers finished you know in the top four last year, and obviously have got two of the world's best players. Right now, I don't think Edmonton has the cap space. What's your appetite for either of those two players? Well, if they can make the cap work. Um, High for Housley, or for Castle. I keep thinking of Housley. Uh, for Phil, Phil Castle. I mean, he, he, his even strength scoring last year was really strong. It was two points per 60, which puts him ahead of almost all the order forwards except for the big guys, McDavid, uh, Drysettle, Kane, and Hyman. So he, he, his even strength scoring was strong, so he doesn't have to play, play the power play to score. And, and that even strength scoring came by, even though he had a low shooting percentage, I think it was around 5% for a guy who usually shoots around 10 or 11%. So he had some bad puck luck shooting. Um, I think he's still got offensive game. And, uh, you know, he's an exciting player. 
by reputation, but still can play in the NHL and put up some points. So if you can get him on a $1 million a year contract, I, I'm just guessing that's, that's what the Oilers, only thing the Oilers could afford. Um, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, the Oilers have right wing depth, but Housley would just give you this added dimension Castle. of someone who, excuse me, <laughs> Castle will give the added dimension of someone who can really score. Subban also had good even strength scoring last year. His uh, numbers were similar to Kulak's and uh, Barry's in terms of uh, points for 60 at even strength. So he, he played third-pairing minutes, minutes for the first time in his career. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see him accepting a seventh D-man role or, the, or there being a spot for him unless the orders were to move out a defenseman. So I, I think that's less likely. But uh, Kessel, not Housley, uh, could make a lot of sense for the Oilers. And it sounds, you know, based on the rumblings, that it might be a possibility. Uh, well, uh, we'll have to wait and see what ends up transpiring. Anything of interest outside of hockey that you're watching right now? Oh, just the UCP leadership race, which is political, but uh, that's my other job, and I, I'm keeping a close eye on that, and it's very, it's uh, it's kind of perking along in the summer, boiling yeah. along. Now, do you think any of those guys would score 30 goals playing right wing on a line with McDavid and Dreisaitl? <laughs> Travis Tapes is pretty fit. I don't know if he's a hockey player, but he's a rancher. He looks like he's tough as nails, so maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, so we, we talked a bit about, we got Glenn Anderson coming up today at 135, and I mentioned that there was times, especially, I think, in the fall of 85, Messier was out of lineup for a while, uh, and they loaded up uh, Gretzky with Glenn Anderson and Yerry Curry, and they scored a ton. Uh, so I'm going to throw this your way. If the Oilers, last year, the Flames' top line of Kachuk, Lindholm, and Goodrow played 87% of their time 5-on-5 five five together. If the Oilers did that with McDavid, Drysettle, and Evander Kane, and the trio for Calgary scored 124 goals. Uh, and they're not on a team that had a power play. The Oilers' power play last year was third. It was first the two years before that. If Edmonton played 87% of their time 5v5 with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane playing together, how many goals would that trio score? <laughs> uh, 150. Um, 150 goals. I mean, uh, wouldn't be out of the question, Bob. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, it's not even that outrageous because you could have a second line of, of Nugent Hopkins, Kessel, and um, Hyman. Uh, and Hyman. So you'd have a decent second line. Or, you know, you the could, other teams or, have to or, or you could just go Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and Pugliarvi or Yamamoto, one of those two. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So you've got, you have these options. Like if, if you do load it up, I've never been a big fan of it, but if you were to do that, I'd think 150 goals uh, would not be out of the question. It's funny because John Shannon said, well, you know, think of how many assists Leon Dreisaitl will get. I'm like, well, wait a sec. Dreisaitl has scored 50 twice. And is it, how many goals would he score? Because I think we'd all think, <laughs> you know, Kane's never had a 40-goal season. McDavid's obviously had 40-goal campaigns, and Leon's had a couple in the 50s. I'm with you. I think if you played them 87% of the time, 5v5, and they were healthy for the year, and, then, you know, we know McDavid and Dreisaitl were on the first power play unit. Maybe Kane became the, uh, the net front on the first power play unit. You know, I think they could end up scoring 150 goals. Yeah, because Kane, I, I was wondering last year if they didn't play Kane partly kind of out of strategy. They didn't want him to score too many goals, like hoping to bring him back. You have Hyman and Pugliarvi, uh who can fit in there. But now I, I think there's no reason not to play Kane on the top power play. He's getting full salary now, so um, put him out there and score away. There you go. Awesome stuff. Uh, David, how do people follow you? Uh, at, on Twitter, at the Cult of Hockey or at D Staples. All right. Uh, thanks, thanks for your time, David.
Thanks, bye. Yeah, David Staples, Cult of Hockey. 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. 6.30, Chad, just isn't the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers. It's also the radio voice of the Edmonton Elks. And Brendan Escott is part of the Elks broadcast. He hosts the pre- and post-game show. Uh, the broadcast features Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, Blake Dermott, and Brendan. Uh, good luck with one of the pronunciations. If you can't do the other one, uh, you might maybe don't want to work in radio. But uh, the Elks signed a couple guys today. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in need of help and they're in need of playmakers. So for a second time in short order, they've brought in uh, a defensive lineman with some NFL pedigree, uh, Josh A. Polite. Uh, we'll go with that pronunciation he until played, otherwise notified. He, he uh, played at Florida. Yeah, he did, and is actually was quite a productive pass rusher there for the Gators. So uh, 68th overall back in 2019 and then they, the Jets did release him that offseason, so bounced around a little bit, Seattle and L.A., and then uh, was with Chris Jones in Toronto with the Argos last year, so there's that familiarity. Linebacker Nate Evans, a prolific tackler out of uh, Central Florida as well, so he'll uh, add some depth to the to the linebacking you, core. You know who ended up, uh, was it O'Leary or Leary? I think, George, I think it was George O'Leary. He was supposed to be the head coach at Notre Dame, and they did some fact-checking on his resume, and he had to give up the position. And, and the guy was a good coach, so he ended up at UCF. That's the school that uh, Dante Culpepper came out of back in the day as well. 128 in, uh, it, it's interesting. There, I mean, there was a time, and Florida, Tim Tebow played at Florida, and they were a powerhouse, you know, 2000, I don't know, 2005 to about 2010. Florida is still a pretty good school. It's a top 20 school most years, but uh, obviously Alabama has supplanted them as the, the top program, not just in the country, but in the SEC. But back, Brendan, back in the late eight, like the, the mid to late 80s until the early 90s, Miami, the Hurricanes, they were they were good. And now Notre Dame beat them twice at home. They got every call in the game, but they beat them twice. Uh, but the Hurricanes won national championships. Howard Schellenberger in 1983. Then he went off to the USFL. Jimmy Johnson won in 1987. And just to see what our listeners know out there, name the former NFL head coach that spent some time uh, at Washington State that won uh, a pair of national championships at uh, Miami. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. When we come back, Hockey Hall of Famer Glenn Anderson in town. We'll hear from him.